comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. This episode of the Carol Chronicles is brought to you by... Coming to Discount Comic Book Service this June, it's Oceanverse number 5. Continuing from the dire events of last issue, the crew of the Red Herring find themselves clashing against a villainous fish lord in his attack on the surface world. London, England is about to be destroyed by giant sea monsters. Can the mysterious Dr. Nuge help Clayton and company avert this impending catastrophe? Written and illustrated by Mike Schwartz, Oceanverse number 5 is supersized with four pinups by June Bob Kim, Julian Lytle, Dean Stahl, and Eric White. Oceanverse number 5's regular price is $3.50, but on DCBS this month, you can get it for $2.27. That's 35% off. To help promote Oceanverse, anyone who orders a copy will be entered to win one of three full-color, 9x12 commissioned pieces of original artwork by Mike Schwartz. Now how can you pass that up? And in case you've never read Oceanverse before, issues 1 through 4 are also available on DCBS this month. Number 2 through 4 are $2.27 each, and number 1 is only $1.95. Place your order this month, June 2011, on DCBService.com. Oceanverse, a universe of adventure under the sea. The PKD Black Box presents The Carol Chronicles. Hello once again to the fun that never ends. You're back with the Carol Chronicles with your host, John Carroll. Uh, today we are sponsored by Famous Amos Cookies. That's right, Famous Amos. They're only a dollar if you get, or a dollar twenty-five if you get them out of the snack machine. Yes, I know that we were sponsored by Toll House last week, but yeah, Sean has pu- uh, has pulled the Toll House cookie sponsorship, and well, the less said about me and my. Uh, Dealings with the elves, the Keebler, the better. So we're being sponsored by Famous Amos Cookies. Uh, it's going to be a good episode we've got coming up. We're going to have uh, two interviews tonight. We've got one that I did with a good friend of mine, David Holt. This was recorded on Wednesday this past. Uh, that would be Wednesday, June 1st. Uh, it was Now, that was done before the, the uh, UFC announced the... Uh, Rampage Jackson versus John Jones Ultimate Fighter match, and there's been some other stuff coming down. I'm sorry, not John Jones versus a uh, good old Rampage for the light heavyweight title. It's going to be coming up, and it was also before the, I think it was right before the Nate da- Nate Diaz and GSP fight was scheduled for the uh, UFC 137. We were speculating it would be the end of the year pay per view. But it's going to be at UFC 137. Uh, what else? Then uh, you're going to have a little bit of me and Dean talking uh, for about 40 minutes on doing a Raw and SmackDown recap. And I am currently recording this segment during this current week's Raw. And it looks like some of the stuff we were talking about is starting to come to fruition. Um, uh, just to give you a quick recap of this week, of this finales of The Ultimate Fighter, the only thing to really take out of it is Herman looked like he was good Rook Ferguson looked okay but the thing that I took out of it the most 
was that Clay Guida looks like he is starting to move up into potentially potentially campaign to be a contender for the wonderful wonderful lightweight title which is good because he's normally not one of the best guys I love him but Clay's non-stop but he just doesn't do all that great just because he's yeah, but he's gotten with uh, one of the best trainers, Jack uh, Greg Jackson, and he's really gotten a lot, a lot better. <clears throat> and he won his fight this past uh, weekend, and he's expected to have one more fight, and then he'll probably fight uh, the winner. If he wins that, he'll fight the winner of Gray Maynard. Um, sorry, Gray Maynard versus uh, who's he fighting? I can't remember. Yeah, the if Gray, if Gray Maynard wins or whoever he fights for the uh, title, that looks like that's going to be. Anything else going on? Uh, NFL looks like it uh, might be coming, bringing its stuff to a close, uh, wrapping its negotiations up to a close. That's good. I mean, as I said on mine, if we're still out, first of, first of August is really the drop deadline to get the season going. But you never know. I hope so. Uh, that's going to be it for this segment. Uh, just basically going to be the the next drop you're going to have in just a few seconds. It's going to be the, me and Mr. Me, me and my buddy David Holt. And then you're going to have that followed up almost immediately by myself and Dean. And there will be no outro. We'll just be as soon as Dean and I are done. You're done. All right. Just remember, I want you all to go to Half Hour Wasted LOD Podcast Network. We're sponsored by Famous Famous Cookies, PKD Media. I'm at John underscore Carroll, J-O-N underscore C-A-R-R-O-L-L on Twitter. El Supremo, my boss, Mr. Sean Pryor, is at PKD Media. And other people, and of course, Donnie Salvo is on there, is Donnie Salvo. All right. In just a few minutes, we'll talk. Oh, wait. Ah. Oh. Ah, oh, I forgot. Next week's episode will probably be the first of two special epi- of a group of about seven special episodes. Myself and Daryl Taylor are going to be doing a movie review commentary. We'll release them separately on the feed, hopefully, but we'll also include Miss Carol. We may be Miss Carol Chronicles. I'll talk to Sean about how he wants to release them. But we are going to, in order, review, well, mock commentary, the Transformers the movie, the animated, G.I. Joe the movie, a.k.a. The Mass Device, then The Weather Dominator, then Pyramid of Darkness, Arise of Pintor Arise, and finally Cobra Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. I'm sorry, Cobra La with the Lobbyists. And after that, we don't know. We'll take suggestions. Uh, preliminary on the list? Oh, could it be? Could it be? Oh, GoBots might be up there. Or we could do Five Faces of Fear. Or we could do, we'll probably also do the first five episodes of the Transformers. It's one big episode. Uh, also, next week, I'm going to be doing a Superman celebration in Metropolis, Illinois. And a week after that, I will be going with uh, El Supremo. Sean to 
Summit City Comic Con. I will have interviews there. Uh, they will be straight interviews. They will not be the com- the comedy mockumentary episode uh, ones. Well, not completely. Um, at the summit up at Superman Celebration, we are definitely going to be interviewing Jamal Igel and Freddie Williams III. Uh, Summit City. I'm going to try and get as many people as I can. I'm going to do a variation on the five questions of Doom. I'm just going to ask them five quick questions. Uh, I'm not going to do the mock you questions. Despite the fact I love them, that's one just for the fans and for the friends of this show. And let's see, is that going to be it for now? Yeah, all right. Enjoy, guys, and I hope you all have a great one. Talk to you. This is great. Now we're here for Carol Chronicles recording. We're going to talk to my buddy David Holt about some stuff going on in May. Not much is really going on. A lot of injuries. In fact, I saw somewhere on Bleacher Report that they actually think that this next season of uh, The Ultimate Fighter might be the last. I wouldn't be surprised. Ratings have been going down for years now. I mean, even a Brock Lesnar season couldn't really pull them out. Yeah, of course, the last season supposed to be Michael Bisbing versus... Ooh. I don't even know if it's booked yet. They were yeah. talking to Chel Sonnen about it, but Chel Sonnen uh, has this tendency to lie about everything. Everything. So uh, he's he's been suspended indefinitely at this point, which, no. considering he's in his mid thirties, probably isn't a good thing for him. No, no. And of course, Junior. Uh, was it? Uh, I think they were talking with uh, Nogira, who's helping train Dos mm-hmm. Santos for the next fight, and it was like he couldn't believe that. It's like he did, as he act, was acting like he didn't know Lesnar was out. Really? The fight, and this was like this past weekend. <laughs> of course, it is no Gira, so you never know. Maybe there's a little loss in translation. Sometimes, though. He did get hit by a car, so the man is allowed a few brain farts. A car plus Fedor plus Bob Sapp. I'd say that Bob Sapp head drop was worse than the car. Yeah. They've actually booked Nob's next fight, though. He's supposed to fight, they're feeding him to Brandon Schwab, which is really kind of sad for pride junkies like me to see him go out like that. It's here, I don't <laughs> I, I don't like Shop. Is, is Shop basically becoming the legend killer now? That's his thing. He's going around calling out all these old washed up people because they have names. Which, I mean, honestly, can you blame him? <laughs> no, because it's working. Yeah, there's not a single fighter he's fought in the UFC and beat that's still in the UFC. So I'm not sure that the Schwab hype is quite justified yet. Yeah, I mean, he could be something in about four or five years. But let's be honest, he's not Bones Jones. He, he has definitely potential, but uh, there are a lot of holes in this game. I mean, if uh, Roy Nelson knocks him out in the first round like that, then gets tooled by Frank Mir, he's not really looking like a that's contender. Be- yeah, that's because Roy decided to do negative cardio. A guy who's known for having decent cardio, even at being a schlubby 280, who uh, they said he was gassed after one. He was. I saw that fight. But the thing is with Roy's cardio, it's not actually that he has good cardio, it's that he fights smart. If you ever watch yeah. him fight, the fights where he has good cardio, it's because he doesn't throw wasted punches. Like, if you look at that Shane Carwin fight where he gassed out against Brock Lesnar, you know, he's throwing 90 to nothing trying to finish the fight. Yeah. Roy walks around picking his punches. He'll throw 10 punches in the round, but those one of those 10 is going to knock you out. So it's not really that he has good cardio, it's just that he doesn't waste, waste what little yeah. cardio he has. He doesn't run around like an idiot. The story is from his wife, though, is that he actually had pneumonia and was in the hospital the week before the fight. So if that's true, because he didn't look quite like himself in that fight, so there is some possibility of that, though. He's still fat and has no cardio, but pneumonia doesn't help. Yeah, I was talking uh, on the recording that I've got going up uh, this, in the next couple of days that Mir has now become, he's, he's too good to be a gatekeeper, but he's not good enough to be a top-level guy. He's kind of like a, AAA, a quadruple-A guy. He's not a guy that you could see fighting for a title anymore. He's not. He's gotten old. 
And he's not good enough, but he's not. But he'll beat those low-level heavyweight guys. I actually think a little more highly of me than that. It's that it's a lot of times in MMA. It's sometimes about matchups, and someone might you know win a title against one guy, but lose against someone who's more of a gatekeeper. And Mir has always had trouble throughout his career against people who are bigger and stronger than him. Which is and so he goes against the guys in the in the. It is, but I mean, say you have a situation where take a Junior Dos Santos, for instance. Uh, Mir's not going to be bullied around in the same way against him. I'm not saying I necessarily pick Mir, but it's not going to be as bad as it was against, say, the Carwin fight or the Lesnar fight. Same thing with Cain Velasquez. I think Cain could easily beat Mir, but but Mir would do better against Velasquez than he did against Carwin and Brock. He's just because of sheer size. Sheer size. Well, some people respond better to size than others. Frank's always just sort of been naturally bigger and stronger than everyone, and so he sort of freaks out when someone's too big for him. Plus, there's the fact that Mir fights a very kind of slow, cerebral fighting style. So when you say you push him against the cage, he kind of thinks about what he's going to do for a little bit, which is fine against most guys. But when you stop and think for a minute against Shane Carwin and let him land a punch or two, you're, you're dead. Kind of, yeah, that's also why people have been kind of pissed at Mir, and they've actually called him kind of a puss at times because he is kind of a guy who talks shit. But when he has to fight the high-level guys, he's never really backed it up. I mean, and his title... When he, that was only really an interim title, wasn't it? The second title of his was an interim title when he beat Nog. The first time he won the title against Tim Sylvia, that was a legitimate title win. Okay, and that's back when Sylvia was... And that was... Tim Sylvia was actually a beast back then. It's People tend to forget that since he's the 350-pound uh, loser now. But he was actually... I mean, he had quite the win streak going. He was a boring fighter, but he was scary. Imagine if Silva would beat you down and do it. I mean, and who did Mir lose to... Immediately, he, he, he never lost. He he right after that win, he had the motorcycle accident. Oh, he was okay. reti- he was out for two years, and then when he came back, he was just sort of a shell of himself. Yeah, I mean that's one thing that the UFC has had a huge problem with is that there were guys either fight it, there were guys just have a horrible problem at the top level, especially the heavyweight and the light heavyweight of getting one fight and then being injured and being out for six months. Well, I think that's part, especially the heavyweight, um, that's, that's part of the limits of the human body. I don't think the human frame is necessarily meant to walk around as uh, two 265 men butting heads against each other. the shit out of each yeah, other. So, stretching and, and, and shit. it's not just doing it in a fight, it's doing it every single day in practice against guys that big, and I just don't think we're made to take it. Plus, like, the situation with the injury with the motorcycle to doing mirror, we're dealing with people who... Uh, get paid to get punched in the head. They aren't necessarily the... Brightest? Yeah, I mean, actually, Frank Mir is actually a very brilliant guy if you ever talk to him or listen to it, the way he talks about fighting. But they tend to be risk takers. Yeah, yeah, but what are his thoughts on uh, Russian poetry? Actually, you can get him talking about philosophy and religion know, and stuff like I that. Know. He's a bit of a libertarian for my taste. But. Yeah, but then again, take somebody like right-wing nut job Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Yeah. Brock Lesnar's ideas of an original thought are... Hmm, maybe I shouldn't take that thing that could inflame my diverticulitis again. <laughs> Twice the man's had diverticulitis and he's out till next year. And they'll probably feed him to uh, whoever. I don't know who they'll feed him to next. They'll probably. I'm not sure he's going to fight again. I mean, they're acting like the ARG, but uh, I don't what know. What else is he going to do? It's not like he can make money doing anything well, else. He, uh, he also, it's it's not like he's... Dana's not going to give him a job in the... Oh, no, he's not going to, but he's also been making millions from these fights, and he made plenty of money in the WWE, and he's oh, not one of... He made about $3 million in the WWE, and his total... 3 to $4 million in his total take in the UFC... 
after agents' fees is maybe about two to three. Yeah. Because we keep forgetting taxes and agent fees. I mean, you make five million in a fight, agent fees and taxes will take three of that. We also don't always know, though, what percent he got off the pay-per-view profits. That's often not pretty high. So I'm not saying he's going to be, like, totally raking in the dough, but he's yeah. also not one of the fighters who, uh, one of the professional athletes who lives a crazily extravagant lifestyle. He lives in the middle of bumfuck Minnesota. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just don't also, but I also don't see Brock being a guy that's being a huge trainer. Mm-hmm. I mean, some okay. of these guys you see and you watch them and you're like, okay, I could see this guy being a trainer. Frank Mir. I could see Mir being a guy who could train yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. He's a dick, but I could see him doing training. Uh, but I just, BJ Penn, I could see being a guy who could. Well, I don't think Brock's skill set actually lean, lends itself to anything he could train. It's not like he has. What, fight? <laughs> Yeah, but he doesn't have any jiu-jitsu skills. He doesn't have any good boxing skills. And even his wrestling skills. His wrestling is top-notch, don't get me wrong, but it's bull rush, power forward, double-leg takedowns that only work when you're 300 pounds. I mean, if a lightweight did that to the takedowns Brock did, he'd get thrown across the cage by another lightweight. Yeah, I mean, witness uh, BJ Penn, when he would... When BJ had his great takedown defense, he would stuff you and beat you. Yeah, I mean, speaking of great uh, wrestlers and takedown defense, I mean, Bones Jones keeps getting hurt. He first he was hurt, then he wasn't hurt. Now he's hurt, then he then he was hurt again. Then I was fine again. And who the hell are they going to throw against him next? Um, they've actually they kind of want Rampage against them. Yeah, but they should feed Rampage to. Uh, Leota. Well, the thing is about Ram- oh, first of all with Leodo, you're going to have a fairly boring fight, um, just because the nature of Leodo and Rampage only has a couple fights left in him. He- he's planning on retiring in two years, anyways. And if they're going to make the money off Rampage and they're not going to, the fair fight to make for sure, but they're not going to do it. Then I mean, throw Rampage to a title fight, let him go out. To, uh, he'll be making money. It'll be an exciting fight. I, I think uh, Jones has Rampage, but the thing is, with a skull as thick as Rampage's. He's not going to get stopped easy, and uh, we'll see what happens if he connects the shot with Jones. Yeah. As you can tell, I was just getting my order for food. I worried about it. Yeah, but now this is going to sound like a really fun thing. Is what nationality is Junior Dos Santos? He's Brazilian. Okay. I was talking with uh, my buddy Dean, uh, and he said basically any wrestler that comes in, if they're black, they tend to be thrown against the black guy. If they're Mexican they get, or Hispanic, they get thrown against the other Hispanic Mexican guy until they prove himself. Do you think there's any of that going on with uh, Rampage versus Bones Jones, or is it just Dana going, I can get a couple more fights out of Rampage, and... Rampage will sell the pay-per-view better than uh, Richard would. Yeah, I'm not sure there's... I mean, so that, that, go along, that does happen sometimes, but Rampage is pay-wise a top-level guy. And skill-wise, you know, he's still he's not what he used to be. He's still fairly high up there. I don't think it really is so much a race issue so much as, I mean, who else are you going to put him against? Uh, there's only so many fights left out there. I mean, you could book him against Forrest or something, but it's not going to get the hits that Rampage versus Jones does. Forrest versus Rampage was only exciting at the time because Forrest was an ascendant, heavyweight, ascendant light heavyweight and Rampage had just won the title was at the top of his game because he had beaten the Iceman. But now if you have that fight, I don't think that's anything better than a... I think at best that's a Kobe event. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree there. Yeah. That, that was what's weird about this past pay-per-view was that, it was that the one title match had to be pulled out, and that's 
that kind of hurt, really, really hurt the pay-per-view buys from what I've heard. Oh, well, uh, definitely. I mean, Rampage versus Hamill isn't really a matchup that puts excitement in anyone. To, to the ex- boy Frank. Yeah, to, to the extent that uh, you even think Hamill could beat Rampage, it would have to be a dry hump. And, and you know, most people don't enjoy it. Don't enjoy a little wrestle fuck. See, if I if I was evil, I would say uh, Rampage knocked a man who was stupid. But I'm not going to go there. <laughs> That's actually the odd thing about that fight. Did you watch it? Ah, uh, yeah, I caught the replay. But it's Hamill's like his head is pretty hard. Yeah, he, he can take some shots, but it's like Hamill was afraid to get in there close, and he he's a top notch elite level wrestler, and he was shooting from ten feet away. I'm not sure what his game plan to win was. It's not like it's it's it was the fight of his life, and it's like he was too scared to try to take it. Yeah. Of course, admittedly, I, I wouldn't be too I wouldn't be too brave rushing into Rampage Jackson myself, but. But, you know, no. I'm not dumb enough to fight for a living. Now, you've sparred in the past, but you'll never fight him. Two things that I'm going to talk about and wrap up. Saw, seen everywhere with the merger with the UFC thing. Unification match, Diaz versus GSP, allegedly for the December pay-per-view. You're joking that uh, Diaz might get a, a pot arrest, which, from what... I, I wouldn't doubt that, but Dana's backing off on saying that. He's saying that he said it won't happen. Now that could be just Dana talking out of Dana just saying that. But do you think? It, what do you think? I don't think you can ever believe. No, Dana White's the great things of the sport, but you can never believe anything that comes out of his mouth. He'll he'll tell you one thing, and then the next day make an announcement about the exact opposite. I think there are a lot of difficulties making the DS fight. I'm not sure what the contracts look like with Strike Force versus UFC, and almost, no one outside of the UFC, outside of Zufa really knows. So, but some de- details in that contract may make it difficult. Plus, is just the fact that Nick Diaz is rather insane, and trying to convince him when he has the right to say take blocks matches and things like that to try to convince him to go and fight GSP isn't necessarily always the easiest thing. I do think though that's a very exciting matchup. It's the only matchup at welterweight that's worth watching with GSP. And the thing, GSP to get views... To really get any excitement for GSP fight at this point, you're going to really need to book a DS fight. Even an Anderson Silva matchup's not going to get as much excitement after the last couple rounds of GSP boring people to death. Which even I'm not a huge critic of GSP's boring decisions most of the time, but that last one <laughs> wasn't too exciting. I mean, the only other fight I could see him doing other than Anderson at a catch weight would be if BJ Penn can start proving himself at 165 because that's where BJ seems to want to be. BJ doesn't want to seem to be a lightweight anymore. See, BJ Penn, uh, he, he's lost to GSP twice. The second time was a horrible butt whipping. And at this point in his career, he can't even take he out John Fitch. No, 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 no. G- B- we all know BJ Penn cheated. He rubbed uh, stuff in his eyes. <laughs> I'm joking. That was BJ Penn's defense, and he brought his mama to say that to the hearing. Yes. And everybody was like, really, BJ? Really? Um, BJ Penn's problem has always been that... He, he he hasn't really. He's, it's no secret he's never been a big big into training. But when he was younger, you know, he's fast, he's strong. It doesn't matter. As he ages, it was more important. But he's always had trouble when someone was faster than him, a la Frankie Edgar, or someone who was much stronger than him, a la GSP. And so I think if he gets matched up with GSP again, it's just going to be the same thing. So possibly even worse because BJ Penn's going down while GSP. If anything, I think he's probably improved. It's, he's not necessarily exciting, but his skill set improves every fight. Of course, and I always remember this about Dana. They bought Strike Force. They could basically say, okay, Diaz, uh, you can sit or you can fight. Yeah. And oh. guess what? You won't get paid. You can sit. 
until your contract length is up, or you could fight him. Well, someone like Diaz, though, he might just do that. <laughs> yeah, but he wouldn't get paid a dime. Yeah. So they'd strip him, and they because you know Dana wants to do that because that's a shit ton of pay-per-view money that they could make him. Yeah. Do it. And lastly, I mean, we've talked about this about ad, ad nauseum. Do you think that Dana will ever push California and New Jersey to implement a new weight class? I don't think um, I don't think White's necessarily against new weight classes, but his thought, and honestly mine too, tends to be that there's just not really the depth yet to add one. It depends on which weight class you're meaning, but say, <laughs> say you're meaning a 225-type weight class. I mean, we've the heavyweight division is pretty thin to begin with. I mean, you've got your top guys, your Brock Lesnar, Shane Carwin, Cain Velasquez. I mean, maybe you don't make an argument for Frank Mir, um, definitely Junior Santos, but after that five, I mean, you're probably in a situation where big countries, the sixth best heavyweight, that's not a deep division. Yeah. And it would get even worse if you have a 225 weight class. Yeah, for guys like a Chick Congo, a Fedor, a Rich Franklin, somebody like that, I mean, what I would do is, I mean, absolutely, change the weight class to 200, cut off, cut it instead of 205, cut off. Uh, Rename light heavyweight cruiserweight, cut it off at 200 or even 195, cut it at, say, 200. And then you go 200 to 225, and then 225 and up, and you would have those guys like a Dan Henderson. I mean, Dan Henderson, when he fought 185, has no power. Well, comparatively speaking. Did you see what he did to Michael Bisping? <laughs> Tell that to, to no yeah, power. Was Michael Bisping. <laughs> Comparatively, the power he has at 205 is better than the power he has well, at 205. I mean, that, that's just and his natural. cardio is better. His cardio is a lot better. At this point in his career, earlier in his career when he was younger and the weight cut didn't bother him as much, I, I yeah. think his cardio was fine at 185. And a lot of those guys, though, in that range, I mean, take, and as we've also discussed, somebody like a Forrest, who walks around at 235, wouldn't have to cut as much. But you've also got to think that being, say, outsized of the weight class has also been part of these people's game plan for much of the career. Like, the Fedor actually has normally wanted to fight the Giants. He's wanted to fight the Zulus, the Bob Saps, the people like that, more so than he's wanted to fight the smaller, faster guys because as a, you know, 220... He get his hands on Yeah, as a 225-pound guy, he, he can run circles around this because the human body pretty much wasn't made to run around 300. It doesn't matter how much you work out. I mean, look at, take a Shane Carwin, for instance, and how bad he gasses. Hello, sweetie. Hey, baby. How are you? Uh, feeling good. My nipples are all hard. <laughs> okay. Starting oh, off with a bang. <laughs> no, that's what happens when you run long distances in duo dry fabric. When it gets wet, tends to cha- tends to rub against certain things and chafe. Really, God. really. Ow. Ow. Not yeah. good. Oh, no. So how was your con last week? Um, it was fun. I had a good time. I kind of had to make my own good time because it's kind of a low-key event compared to some of the other places I've gone to. Yeah. So were you just there as a fan? Yes, yeah, sort of. Um, Midget and I work the art show for them. Um, they have a big art auction on Sunday night, and we hold up the pieces for the audience to see and record who buys what. So it's how we earn our way in the door. Mm, cool. Other than that, you know, there's a few fairly recognizable faces we go to see that you know, we just hang out with and have fun. Good, good. Yeah, you didn't miss much. I mean, it turned out that, hey, you know, we were right about everything on the pay-per-view except for, what, two matches, and one of which had a reason why it probably didn't happen, and the other one immediately changed the next day. 
Yeah, it's like, hey, look, the the new whatever CM Punk's thing is going to happen. Uh, no, they won the next night. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then the well, we found out why Kelly Kelly didn't win the title. Yeah. It's like uh, she's not going to drop it to uh, Pregos. I mean, a uh, pregnant woman. <laughs> Who got her pregnant? That's all I want to know. I I don't know. I you know. It was our truth. I bet you oh. it was our truth. Oh, she just got got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you saw that she was having a little mini kind of feud with uh, JR because he called her too big to be a diva. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, she aired some laundry. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, but, wait wait a minute, Jerry. Wait a minute. He's the reason I'm here, and he helped me get my push. Maybe I should, maybe I should shut up now. <laughs> yeah, but... Raw was. I mean, you caught you caught the replay, didn't you? You you yeah, taped it. I downloaded it. I, I the power was out on Monday night, so TiVo didn't pick it up. But I, I downloaded a copy. Yeah. Speaking of power out, that's what it was. It seemed for the first five or so minutes of the game of the match is like because our truth we couldn't hear him talk, which wasn't that bad. Right. Yeah. He would. Yeah. They. They. During the the replay of it, you got his audio where he's yelling at people for wearing Cena t-shirts. They must have fixed it for the. Uh, I mean, you must have gotten the West Coast feed then, because like the East Coast feed didn't have that. Mine. Mine was a Sky Sports feed, so I think it was Canadian. Ah. Uh, well, the Canadians tend to do things right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looking down the match, I mean, our truth was. He, the man cannot. He's doing a good job as a loose cannon, but come on, his gimmick just sucks. Yeah, his his mic skills are just really kind of faulty. The singing and dancing was there because he can't do anything else. No, no, no. Yeah. So basically, him and Cena's little things sucked. Then we had Kofi and versus Dolph. I mean, is that? That it looked, it was a pretty good match, and I'm Don't glad th- I'm glad to see that they're moving Dolph Ziggler back to what he used to look like because he was so well branded as a character. But I still have to question why did they make him to go through those changes to begin with? What changes did they have him go through? Well, they they made him um, they made him darken his hair. Uh, to, they turned to brown. They he stopped gelling the hell out of it, and so he didn't look like a frosted layer cake. <laughs> And then they made him Vicky Guerrero's boy toy. She yeah, has the, she, she just draws so much damn heat that anybody who's aligned with her is easily going to get over as a heel. Yeah, she has a, just that voice alone. Oh, my God. Yeah, but at least she's looking a lot better. I mean, she's definitely toning up more. Yeah, yeah. But this is something that struck me. I mean, Kingston, didn't he lose another match a couple weeks ago? He loses a lot of matches lately. <laughs> and I, one of the reasons I think for that is uh, the reason he and Norton are on different things is because Orton got pissed at uh, Kingston for missing a spot. And he bitched about it, and I noticed that he's been losing everything, but they're all nine title matches. Yeah. Well, There's when the- they had him and Orton going at it on Raw in the main event for a little while, things really broke down quick. Yeah, I mean they've. I mean he's. I I've seen more non-title matches in a, than I've seen in a long time. 
where the title holder loses, which... What? Come on. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense, but when you put champions on every week, it, it's kind of... It's helping to even further devalue the title than they already have with all the hot potatoing. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, that title got a good good run when uh, other people have held it. I mean, didn't CM Punk hold it for a while and uh, Cena hold it for a little while? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Then you had good old Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> I find it deeply funny his ring announcer will only speak Spanish, but Del Rio will do, cut his promos in English. Yeah. And when once he gets really agitated, then he goes into Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Then, of course, you had the wonderful Divas matches with the Bellas versus Eve and the second war- and a woman who has a horrible, horrible, horrendous entrance music. But she's extremely nice to look at. Kelly Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Kelly's nice to look at. As long as that's all I'm doing is looking at her. I don't want to watch her wrestle. She isn't that bad. She's not that good either. She's... You know, she her wrestling may be fine, but the all-around character just isn't there. She is very vapid. Yeah, I mean, well, then again, they lost Michelle McCool, who was a good in-ring. Eve's, Eve's not that bad, either. No, Eve's not yeah. that bad. She's she's better all-around than, than most of the others. And the Bellas are okay. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. they make me hate them, which works well. Yeah, which is their entire point. Their entire <laughs> point. Yeah. I guess at, le- uh, at least they're getting to do more now than just be the valets for special guest X. Yeah. So what what did you think of when you saw last week uh, Alex Riley just punking the ever-living shit out of the Miz? I thought it was pretty cool. I was glad to see it finally happen, but I have to wonder where it's really going to lead to because I don't think that uh, – well, obviously, it seems like they're going to focus on Riley and the Miz at, for this moment, but it, it, this is going to be something blow by really fast. And then, what do you do with Alex Riley after that? Yeah, maybe push him into uh, if he does well, put him up against. Uh, I mean, they've really been lowering Punk's profile. Maybe putting him into a match with uh, the Punk. Against Punk and the rest of the Nexus or whatever the hell this group is this week. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, unless you're going to put him into a program with Kingston or Sin Cara, I mean, yeah, I mean, The Miz is the one taking kind of the brunt on this, that he went from the champion to, I get to fight with my former valet. Yeah, but they're having him play the chicken shit heel like they like to have him do right now. Because, I mean, he quit in that I quit match within like a minute. He delivered all kinds of punishment to Cena, but as soon as he got caught in a move, done. No, I mean, he's a good chicken shit heel. He's a very good chicken shit heel. Maybe he'll even take Alex Riley back in some weird sort of abusive relationship kind of thing, you know, where he says, I'm sorry, baby, I didn't mean to hit you. <laughs> so now you kick anime. Because <laughs> just remember, Ellis for victory. <laughs> <laughs> now that's an abusive relationship, Sean and Daryl. Oh. 
Have you listened to uh, his black box recording with uh, Bull Monkey, Candace? No, not yet. Oh, God. It, it, you've got to. I mean, it's an hour. I mean, even the 30 minutes of the after program will make well, it, it will still have you rolling. Because <laughs> I thought there was at least four times where Sean was about to beat his ass like he wanted to up at Super Show. <laughs> Man. Daryl is our version of a chicken. Is Daryl a chicken shit heel, or is Daryl just a heel? Oh, I think he's just a straight out heel. He, yeah. He'll back up what he says. Yeah, good. He's that annoying chicken shit. He's that annoying heel dude. He's he's Y two J. Yeah, yeah. He's old. He's old school Y two J. Let's see. The next match was CM Punk versus Rey Mysterio. Ray, Ray, Ray's not going to be around much longer. No, that's why they've already started pushing Sin Cara, as they have. Has Ray had a couple of uh, abdominal injuries? I know he's had knee injuries, but had he had any abdominal injuries? Because he's looking heavier. I, I don't know. It, it kind of seems like it kind of comes and goes, but yeah, it seems like he's getting a little bigger now. I haven't heard anything specific, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, their match was good. I mean, there's uh, that's. I mean, Ray did his usual moves. Punk did his usual moves, but they seemed to work well together. I've noticed. Oh yeah, I think it, I think it helps that Punk's lighter, and mm-hmm. Ray does very well against those light. I mean, let's be honest, Punk's cruiserweight. Yeah, yeah, but they, they wanted him to be legitimized to the higher levels just because of his popularity, but yeah, he, he does work with a certain style of guy, which isn't going to get as far as Ray is, only because they're not Ray. Yeah, and Ray, I mean, Punk is pretty good, but I mean, what's Ray best known for? Winning the title for how many days and being lawn darted? <laughs> Yeah. Let's see. Then you had Karma, who she's gonna. Yeah, they, she's gonna be gone for a year. But they still. Yeah. Okay. The Bell has made fun of her weight. Mm-hmm. How are you gonna like really, really? Come on. Yeah. Those twigs have no basis. I don't know. That it's yeah. just typical catty BS. They'll probably be gone. I. Bleacher Report speculates that when their contract's up, they'll probably be gone. Because they don't really... They don't bring anything. I mean, their their ring work, I mean, from, from what little I expect out of a diva, is not that good. Mm-hmm. And I, everything else, I just, they're, they're not very... They don't look that good either. I mean, sometimes, I mean, you can be a horrible worker but look good, a.k.a kelly kelly from what you've told me but they just don't or they just don't have any ring work ability that i've seen yeah there's there's better they could focus on but then wwe really has to care about what they do with the divas yeah but i guess i guess uh, vince has had to tone down his uh forcing them to come behind the scenes Ooh, i didn't say that yeah yeah i said that <laughs> Hey, look, just because it was known by the wrestlers that whenever Pat Patterson called you into the office. Oh, boy. <laughs> Lie back and think of England, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to go plumbing. 
Now, you know what? Uh, the the main event on Raw was, of course, R-Truth and Cena. I mean, Cena dominated the match. Mm-hmm. As, as he should, really. Yeah, but it ended quick because, you know, it's funny. They started the countdown to it like 15 minutes to go, but they didn't get into the ring until like virtually the top of the hour. Right. And I was like, huh? Because it was over in no time. And I got to tell you this. I would... Coming out of Capital Punishment, I think a good matchup of R-Truth and The Miz, that could be a good matchup because The Miz will make up for R-Truth's lack of, well, mic skills and charisma, and they both make good chicken shit heels. So you think it's going to he- be a heel versus heel match, or the, one of them? No, 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 no. Ta- uh, put them up together as a in a against uh, Miz and, against uh, Cena and. Uh, Riley. Oh, you mean tagging up. Okay, I thought you were talking yeah. them against each other. I'm like, no, 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 okay. no, no. Tag them up together for a little while, and that'll give you what's ju- whatever the July pay-per-view is. Right, yeah, it's, and it'll it'll protect both both Riley and uh, R-Truth's fairly limited ring ability. Yeah, cause, and it'll also give you a good way to build a program for SummerSlam. Yeah. Because who knows what the hell is going to go into that. Hell, they haven't even announced capital punishment. <laughs> they, they heard any of that. So. Yeah, they've, they've got like two weeks left, and I'll be missing that one because that's on my uh, anniversary. So. <laughs> oh, what's your, uh, the 18th? 19th? Uh, n- n- 19th, yeah. Oh, so I'll be driving back from Summit City because we're going to be driving back on uh, Sunday. Okay. That's yeah. cool. My, my, the guys I'm riding with will probably be leaving Saturday night, so. Yeah, but it's only, what, three, four hours for you? Yeah, it's like, yeah, two and a half. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's 11 total for me, which going to pick Sean's like an hour out of the way, but so what? <laughs> but it's, it, when, you get, when you hit nine hours, ten hours, you're like, that's an extra hour? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's super show travel for me. <laughs> Yeah, that was not quite 12 for the combined, but it's funny. It's like it's 400 miles or about five and a half hours to go to Sean's house, especially if I time it right in Nashville. But then it's another five and a half hours to get to uh, from his house to Fort Wayne, even though it's like 100 miles shorter. Hmm. Because you have to go the backwood back roads of uh, like the Pennsylvania Turnpike at best. On it to get there from. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I did make one huge mistake this week. Oh yeah. I watched the TNA. Oh. Thursday. Gotcha. That that was horrible. I've that, been meaning to look at it again, again since they renamed themselves Impact to see what, if anything, has possibly changed. But I'm still afraid of it. Dude, I gotta say this. They. They're, they must not get anybody to their pay, to their tapings. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I mean, it's worse. I mean, it's like almost it's not quite as bad as the old Omni paper, tapings, right. but it seems like they were blocking off so much and blacking out everything that you had maybe a couple of thousand people there. Well, did, did you see the the tweet that uh, Mick Foley had had done that essentially slammed TNA house shows? 
No, I don't follow uh, Mick. I need to add him. Okay. Well, the f- the first one came from The Rock where he was talking about the um, the match he had with Mick Foley where he handcuffed him and nailed him in the head 11 times with a chair. And, uh, you know, he says, Mick bled, I won. So Foley shoots back with, yes, but then I beat you in the uh, empty arena match with the, uh, the pallet and forklift in front of the empty arena, a.k.a. TNA house shows. <laughs> Didn't Foley just get leave TNA? He asked for his release. He he felt that there was, you know, he wasn't happy with the creative direction they were going with him, and he wanted out. Sounds right. Because didn't because uh, Hogan took back over the Fed this week. Mm. But they, di- I mean, I didn't turn it on until about thirty minutes in. But they didn't reference that at all in the rest of the show. Huh. It was all the Bubba Ray versus... I'm sorry, Bully Ray versus uh, whoever the hell he was gabbing at. I think it was... Who was the other big... Who was the big guy in TNA for years? Other than Jarrett? Um, um, What, AJ? Yeah, I think it was was AJ Styles. Because they were doing the thing... it was weird hearing a Bubba Ray talk normally. <laughs> yeah, because he—it was a man's. It's like he kept saying he was a man's man and everything. I and I, com, of course, completely expected to see one of our all-time favorite English wrestlers come out in his old gimmick. <laughs> Stephen Regal, he's a man's man. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they had uh, was it the old Mister? Ant- Mr. Anderson, a.k.a. Mr. Kennedy, mm-hmm. who's doing a sting impression. Oh, God. Oh, it was it was great. He was doing just a classic surfer sting impression. <laughs> He's got the hair for it already. Yeah, and he was even doing the chest pound and everything. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of funny to see, actually. I'm, I'm kind of tired of him calling himself an asshole and saying his fans are assholes, and yet he's the good guy of the, the company. Yeah. Uh, then you had the only other. Th- I had to do. I had to get the kid a, my kid a bath, and then I came back, and of course they had the wonderful Jarrett and Scott Big Papa Dump Steiner <laughs> versus Captain Charisma and uh, Captain, AKA Kurt Angle. And who the hell was he with? Ah, eh, hell, it doesn't matter. Nobody watched that anyway. <laughs> It's sad. I like. I watched this and I rewound it because they. I came back like right after the match, and uh, Kurt's ex-wife, aka Jared's current wife, was like lying upside down off the uh, end of their stairs, and I was like, I missed something here. Oh wait, no, I didn't. <laughs> Spike has got to be taking a bath on that paper on that uh, shows. Can't imagine what's keeping it on. I mean, they have it on Thursdays, so, yeah, I mean, they've got to be taking a bath on that, because Spike, did USA outbid them to get WWE back, or did Spike just decide they didn't want to carry it anymore? I think USA outbid them, because there was that point where Spike was, it was all, like, stemming from the Nashville network, when it became the National Network, and they put ECW on there essentially to try to test the waters for WWE. Yeah, and but WWE was on the outs with USA for that that little bit. 
Yeah, but WWE was on USA at that time, and then they came over to Spike, and then they went back to them. Yeah, because they wanted better negotiation power. Yeah. How long have and they been back on USA? It's Well, it's been a few years. Okay. Because I left when just – I left when – Right after the USA, right before, like right after they went to Spike, is when I left. Yeah, that that was still before 2003. Yeah, like I've said, I quit when the uh, that when they were starting the invasion storyline. Yeah, but uh, did you watch SmackDown yet? Yes, yes, I saw that. Only thing that come out of that. Uh, Casper the Friendly Irishman lost. <laughs> that's my new nickname. That's my new nickname for Seamus, Casper the Friendly Irishman. But he's not that friendly. <laughs> yeah, he needs to be. He needs a face turn, a good, solid face turn. He could be a good, believable face. Yeah, he's had a lot of adversity. He could work off of that. I think would probably work better for him. Yeah. Plus, I mean, as white as he is, he'd sell real well in the South. I mean. <laughs> And it, Orton always works better as a heel, even though they got girls screaming at him, so they think that's why they should make him face. Yeah, and I've been getting, of course, I was, uh, I'm looking at Bleacher Report, and it's funny how the, a lot of the internet wrestling community either really, really loathes Orton or really loves him. There's no in between. Mm hmm. It's the same situation with Cena. Yeah, well, Cena, it all tends to be now a case. I've noticed a lot of the coverage on Cena now is like, okay, we kind of accept you. Yeah. Whereas with Orton, it's still like, uh, yeah, you you have your own version of the five moves of Doom, and you're a dick to other wrestlers. Yeah. It's like he it's like he thinks he's Triple H, but he he's not fucking the boss's daughter. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> Yeah, those kids did look awful strange. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just looking at the recap of SmackDown because I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. And other than Sheamus's match, which I did catch part of, I mean, you got Cody Rhodes with his whatever his gimmick is this week. I mean, what is his gimmick? It was kind of fun. He has these attendants that that pass out paper bags for the audience to wear because he thinks that they should they should see what he's going through, having to wear that mask. And that was because he thought they were ugly. Well, I guess maybe that too. I don't know, but he's he's still quite entertaining, I think. And it seems like they're they're kind of pushing him back to not so much of a tag team as more of just like a. a Uneasy alliance with Ted DiBiase Jr. Now, because DiBiase, I mean, seems like I caught, I did go back and I caught some of their old uh, stuff on in the past, this uh, earlier today. It seems like DiBiase was carrying Rhodes a little bit at times, especially in uh, interviews. It seemed like that at the start, but but Cody really broke out and became more of the the star of that pairing. Yeah. Of course, he, that's not surprising because both his dad and his brother are very good mic workers. Yeah, yeah even even Dustin's head stumbling a lot more than – probably even more than Cody right now. Or where is Dustin? 
he's sitting backstage doing something. Maybe agent road agenting when he's not when throwing on the gold dust garb for an appearance here and there, but he's yeah. not like full time. Yeah, I mean he's only in his early forties. I mean that's one of the things that's weird is that Flair started his title runs when he was in his late thirties. Early and mm-hmm. he where he is and uh but a lot of those older guys, I mean, the guys we grew up on were hitting their title runs in their mid to late 30s, early 40s, and still going strong. Whereas now, and then Debbie, if by the time you're in your mid 30s, mid to late 30s, you're done. Well, because it's such a harder wrestling style, it really wears yeah. people down faster. The spot heaviness nature does that, yeah. Yeah, then, you know, Flair was still doing a lot more. Mat based work and then more of the uh, the ground and pound kind of stuff because he was never one for high spots. He was not one for much aerial work. Yeah, and he also basically in a lot of times insisted that he didn't fight a lot of the guys who were stiff. I was like the only stiff guy I've looked at that he ever really fought was Ron Garvin. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sorry, Kerry Von Erich. Mm. But that was a short. That, that both of those were short because I mean guys like Sting and Luger always tended to protect their guys. Right. Dusty and, did. And no matter how much you hear from people who will talk about how old, how much boring older wrestling was, it was what kept them more protected just overall. Yeah. And let more I mean, of them have a full career and go out gracefully if they chose to, which they, most of them don't. <laughs> It also allowed them to be able to wrestle three house shows a week. Yeah. Whereas now, I mean, guys tried to do that. And once you hit your mid to late thirty, once you hit your mid thirties, you can't do that anymore because the body's breaking down. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say this, I now hope uh, I have. I will never root for Ezekiel Jackson just because he uses the most ridiculous finisher. <laughs> Come on. Does anyone think the torture rack actually works anymore? It, yeah, it looks pretty goofy, but there's just so much bouncing to it. I mean, if you just really applied the hold and made the guy just scream, it'd probably be a little more effective. But everyone who has ever done the torture rack has had to do that that bouncing and shaking around like they were suddenly the ultimate warrior. Speaking of the warrior, you heard what he did on uh, Twitter and his video stuff, calling out Hogan again. Is of stuff Hogan said about him in that uh, HDNet oh, interview. Good Lord. I'm probably going to see more of this now because I did decide to follow him on Twitter, and I know it's just going to break my heart even worse. See, you follow the Ultimate Warrior. I follow Dana Dierman. I follow a couple of porn. I follow porn stars. You'll follow wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> we both win. Yeah, you know, uh, you just start retweeting start start retweeting the, uh, the the wrestlers, and then we're both enjoying. <laughs> and speaking of porn stars, yeah, you heard, didn't you? Uh, yes, I caught the four minute clip from China's latest porno video. I can't believe another guy. I can't believe she got. That's all we can say. Because, <laughs> I mean, is there anything that's good that's going to come out of this? 
I, you know, I I only expected somebody to start making comments about it on TNA. I figure they have no barrier. They have no seeming standard. They want to be WWE in the 90s. Here's your perfect fodder for it. Taz could start throwing out comments like, I haven't seen a threesome this bad since China's last film. <laughs> then they'd have to pay her. I'm surprised yeah, she kept... Are. No, they released her. Okay, they probably gave her like the one-time appearance thing for that pay-per-view, but I'm sure the door is open. That's not all that's open on her. Oh! Oh, oh come on. We had to get that one in, people. Yeah. Um... I'm looking at Wikipedia, and the only thing they've announced is Cena R Truth for the for the uh, championship. But let's be honest; they're probably going to have Alex Riley versus Miz. Yeah. Probably Kane versus Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, that sounds like something that's got a natural build coming. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Christian versus Orton again, or Christian Orton Sheamus in a three way dance? Uh, I hope it's not a three-way. Maybe a four-man elimination if they throw somebody else in there, but that might be crowding things even too worse. But I'd rather just see it just be straight on Orton and and Christian because there's a legitimate reason behind that. And make it a, this is your last chance. Yeah. But, of course, that means you could win a money in the bank. (laughs) Whenever that pay-per-view happens. February. Yeah. But you figure they'll have that. Uh, you think Swagger and Bourne will be out there again? Huh. I, I don't. It's a tough call because, I mean, I'm kind of thinking maybe something's going to lead to Swagger versus Cole. As stupid as that would be, I mean, Cole's made his apologies. He says, I'm never going to do this again. And then he sits down and starts bad-mouthing everybody again. And now he's specifically throwing digs at, at Jack Swagger, and there's got to be something that's going to come from it, even if it is just a pop in the mouth on TV or something. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I just don't, but who is Michael Cole going to get to be on his side? That's just the thing. It should be nobody. He should have to face his own demons just so that maybe he'll shut the F up. They're not going to do that. You know I know they're not. I know they're thing. not. It would be totally lame, but why is he on TV yelling and making all these sorts of digs if there's going to be nothing that it leads to? Oh, he's the heel announcer. Well, I, I thought they were backing down on that aspect, but... They can't because because Lawler does well when he has somebody to play off, and right now Lawler has to be the face announcer. Because I mean, who's so? Yeah, he just yeah. Lawler just needs a straight man. He doesn't specifically need a. a I don't know. It's it's not the same without Jim Ross. And once once Cole was beaten, he should have been off TV for a while. He he shouldn't have still be hanging around and begging for forgiveness. It should have just been gone for a while. Yeah, I think we talked about that. I mean, the only other match I could see... I mean, you you figure you're going to have... You think you'll have a tag titles match? More than likely. It's it's filler. 
um, there's still something that could come from it. I don't know who they would throw in against the the, the Penny's champions, but maybe Ray and somebody. Maybe I don't know. I thought that if they're weren't they building a little more on on Ray and Punk? Yeah, that's the only thing I could see is doing a Ray Punk. I mean, we'll know this week when they have a tag title defense for real whether or not they'll they're going to be instituting freebird rules or not. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's something. Yeah, I'm surprised Michael Hayes hasn't tried to push that harder. Maybe everyone tells him no, but I'm sure he's still probably suggesting it, especially with the core and Nexus being as they are. Yeah. But speaking of the core, uh, is there any chance uh, Ezekiel Jackson will probably fight somebody? Does anybody in the core have a belt? No, they have the Intercontinental belt, don't they? Uh, Barrett's got it, and then I thought, don't the uh, he, Slater and Gabriel have the tag titles again? Uh, the Nexus has the tag titles. Uh, yeah, because they're the ones who beat. Uh, Kane and Big Show. Kane and Show, yeah. Okay. Don't you figure Jackson Barrett for the title, for the Intercontinental, Kofi Kingston versus, I'm going to say Dolph Ziggler for the title, and they're going to put it back on Ziggler. I bet. It would would help Ziggler a little bit right now. Yeah. Probably Cody Rhodes. Okay, go ahead. I was going to say, unless they had something, you know, bigger planned for Kingston, which probably just won't work out anyway. I think Kingston's getting a Fair negative off. push. Yeah, he's up. He's always up and down. There's moments where he does really well, and they say, okay, elevate him a little further, and then he goofs up, and then there's like, okay, push him back, push him back. Yeah. Uh, just looking, I mean, there's nothing really that I could... Uh, oh, yeah, and there'll be a Divas match. They'll probably finally take the belt off the Bella. They have to. There's no legitimacy there. No. None. Yeah. But, yeah. I think that's just about it for the for wrestling this week. Uh, what are, as a person who doesn't read comics all that much, of the big two, what did you think of DC's reboot? I'm, uh, I don't know. I mean... It's. It sounds like they're they're scrambling to do something to keep people interested. I'm. It's confusing. I, I don't know how to feel about it. I initially I don't really like it because I think that they have a lot of titles that people are invested in, and it's kind of dumb to take them all away. But they want to shake it up how they want to shake it up, and hope that something good comes from it. Yeah. I, I read some of their titles. I mean, I read Secret Six. Yeah. Oh, by the way, don't read Secret Seven. I got that this week. It it's pretty bad. <laughs> okay. I'm getting all of the tie-ins for the first month, and maybe the second, and most of them for the second month for the Flashpoint. Secret Seven was bad. Batman was pretty good, and I hope. And the Green Lantern ones got me intrigued. But the one that was interesting was the world of. Uh, Flashpoint. It's basically a Tracy 13 story. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I must have missed an issue of Secret Six because the one that just came out this week made reference. I I don't know how I missed it, but I guess I missed the last issue when they got out of Hill, the previous issue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you read that, or do you read uh, it? In yeah. Straight? Uh, no, I read it in individual issues, and I know there was some kind of uh, essentially a negotiation that went on between them and Ragdoll. Yeah. Which gave them their out. And Ragdoll came back with them. Yeah. Yeah. But I got to say that the this issue is kind of an interstitial issue. Have you you don't got you don't have this week's issue yet, do you? No, no, not yet. Yeah, it's an interstitial issue, but it's a very good just resetting, letting everything breathe issue. Which, if you didn't know, it was ending in two week in two months. You'd go, this is great because it's resetting everything. It's taking the Secret Six in a slightly different direction, and it's good. Yeah. But it wrapped up the knockout storyline and uh, the scandals, stripper girlfriend, the Bane and the stripper that was uh, interested in Bane. That there's some funny moments in that. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> cool. Catman being Catman, Scandal Savage being Scandal. God, I, she is such a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you'll enjoy it when you get a chance to read it. Cool. Oh, no. Uh, no, Money in the Bank is next, I believe. Money in the Bank is your July pay-per-view. Wow. So there you go. There could be your... What's going to happen? Uh, Money in the Bank. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, because SummerSlam's in August, as always. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to have one in September this year. No, September they are pay-per-view? No, and their two in October are going to be the 2nd and then the 23rd. Oh, jeez. Going to be Hell in a Cell and then the Vengeance pay-per-view. They're going to be Louisiana and Texas, so... <laughs> they're bringing Vengeance back? <laughs> yeah. Looks like the South is going to be pretty much where they're going to be for what end of September through second part of uh, through most of early part of November. Then they're going back and doing Survivor Series at uh, in the Garden, huh? TLC in uh, Pennsylvania in Philly, Royal Rumble in Ontario, uh, Elimination Chamber in Hartford. So they're going to be up in the northwest pretty pretty much from looks like November through February. Because the April WrestleMania is going to be down in uh, Miami. Yeah. It's on, it, so yeah, that's weird. Well, maybe it's given more people a chance to be home for the holiday. Yeah, I could I can understand that. I can see that. It's just weird that they're not good. This is the, and of course, their last pay per views have all been just like weird in direction because they're like DC, Illinois, California, Louisiana, Texas, New York, Pennsylvania, Ontario, Connecticut, and Florida. It's like there's like, hey, we're going to travel all around the country. <laughs> well, it kind of depends on where they get the bids to, to hold the things. Yeah. I'm sure they're putting out multiple feelers hoping to find places to hold it. Yeah. Yeah. Now you don't you don't watch MMA do you at all? No, no, I've never no. gotten into it. 
Yeah, that's what a lot of. I'm not being insulting here. That's a lot of res, pro wrestling fans I know are not MMA guys. Mm-hmm. I, around here, it seems like there, there's a lot of crossover, but no, I'd, I'd rather have the bigger storylines and larger characterizations than MMA gives. And I don't want to see people really smacking the crap out of each other like that. Uh, I'm actually going to the one and only UFC. I'm sorry, no. Uh, oh hell, who? Not the one that UFC just bought. Uh, Strike Force. Strike Force. They're having their one and only pay per view in uh, Chicago. Do you know anything about the Chicago arenas? Not really. No. There's one in the north of the city near Schaumburg called the Sears Center. Okay. Which basically is it's an eleven thousand seat stadium for concerts. It's about mm. an it's uh, it's basically a little it's a little bit bigger than the than um, the University of Michigan Stadium uh, basketball arena. Okay. The Chrysler Arena. It's about like it's a little bit bigger than the Chrysler Arena, but it's basically the yeah. You're the third choice for basketball arenas in the city. <laughs> Fourth choice would be a uh, yeah. The East. Let's put it this way: the East Coast Hockey League plays there. The indoor football league plays there. Not even not when you're not good enough for the arena football league. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'll look for you in ECHL. Uh, Jersey, though, or something. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, you did. Oh, there's there's some interesting news for you, though, as a Red Wings fan. Oh yeah. You know, uh, even though you've heard, okay, now you know the Thrashers have moved to Winnipeg, right? Yes. You realize, they're, and you know, they're going to still be playing in the Southeast Division next year. <laughs> That's got to suck for Tampa, for the Tampa Bay and Miami. They're like, we got to play two games. Where? <laughs> Winnipeg? We're only used Winnipeg? to the cold on the ice. It's like Winnipeg is, well, it's just, it's weird because it means all the East Coast teams have got to fly. You got Their travel bills are going to be higher. Mm. But... As a Red Wings fan, they're talking about they're they are going to do realignment next year, and one of the teams they're talking about moving to the Eastern Conference is the Red Wings. Wow! Because they are the furthest east of the teams. Other, I mean, the only other team they could possibly, although that makes no sense to me, because I'm like, move Nashville. I was talking, I was like talking, I was like, just move Nashville. It's like yes, the competitive balance won't be as good, but how Nashville's five hours away from Atlanta and is a natural geographic fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit isn't. <laughs> <laughs> We're a lot farther away from Atlanta. <laughs> well, I mean, just to, from the other. I mean, it's like for if you're going to have a team travel to the to Western cities, Detroit's a lot closer to them than uh, the threat than Nashville is. Sure. Now, you've been a Red Wings fan for how long? All your life? Uh, pretty much, yeah. My my aunt got me into it back in like 78. Well, you ever throw you uh ever throw an octopi? No, never have. Uh, you want to though, don't you? Sure I do. Of course I do. <laughs> how many how many uh games have you been to? 
maybe three. Ooh, yeah, that's like me and a couple of my teams. Like, I'm a diehard fan. How many games have you seen of theirs? One. <laughs> I think I'm a diehard fan. I'm a diehard Brace fan. How many games have you been to? Three. <laughs> I don't live near them, and the tickets are not cheap. It's true, yeah. It's hard to get a hold of them. Yeah, but there's a difference. I can get tickets to Braves games. I just have to travel to Atlanta. You can't get tickets to Red Wings games unless you want to pay scalpers prices. Exactly. And who wants to pay scalpers? Not you. Nobody with a sense of uh, preservation for their wallet. No. I remember, God, it was like 10 years ago I was in Chicago, and this was even when the Blackhawks were horrible. They were playing the Red Wings, and Mm -hmm. I could – and you couldn't get a ticket to the game. Even the scalpers were going like three, were going like two hundred dollars. I'm like, this is Chicago. He's like, yeah, all the Red Wings fans have bought the tickets. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But you've, if you want, oh, uh, if you want to have a good life, you need to watch, You need to download the TNA from this week and just go. Holy shit! There's nobody at this. Nah. It's not, I mean, it's literally almost as bad as Nitro got in the last two or three months. Wow. That's uh, and th- that's still at the the Universal Studios, right? No, I'm not. No, no this this was, I'm talking Nitro when it was still going out on the road. Right, but I mean, the TNA was still held at Universal Studios. Probably, was, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember where it was taped. I don't. I didn't catch okay. where it was taped, but it was. If it was a studio, I mean, there was maybe a couple thousand people because I kept thinking this doesn't look like an arena set up. Okay. Because so, I yeah. always laughed about that from the beginning where, like, you know, nobody's really paying for TNA tickets when they do those Universal Studios shows because it's part of the theme park. If you pay entrance to the theme park, you're essentially getting access to the TNA show. <laughs> that would explain why there were some attractive women there. <laughs> Thing. Yeah, because certainly couldn't be because, well, they actually had teeth. Oh! Yeah, I got a thousand of these for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quick question for you. Next week, uh, before, we, before we tape, Daryl and I are going to do the long-awaited mockument, mock, uh, mock commentary for Transformers the movie. Oh, the animated one? Uh-huh. Cool. Have you ever you've seen that, right? Oh yeah, I saw that a long time ago. I haven't watched it recently, but I'd be willing to again. All right, we're going to be shooting for eight. We're going to start at nine your time and Daryl's time next Saturday. No, no, okay, that's, nine a.m. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, I figure a couple out. And considering the tangents, will I go on like just we'll go like just pause, Daryl, just pause because. No, where you? Daryl will take it off the rails, but that's <laughs> as long as we're done by one. Because I got to go to Owasso to play role playing games. Oh, we'll be done by eleven, eleven thirty. Because I mean, it's an hour and a half movie. Right. I mean, there'll be much cheering for me in the first from me in the first ten minutes when Ironhide and Ratchet all bought, both buy it, <laughs> and we can all collectively yell together when he yells "shit." <laughs> <laughs> that was brawl, wasn't it? Yeah. The one who gets shot in the arm is like, yeah, no. I still function. Not for long. <laughs> Wait a moment. 
you know, we're also going to, going to go in order uh, starting also in July and do the uh, five G.I. Joe animated movies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, weather, uh, starting with Mass Device, Weather Dominator, then uh, we'll do Pyramid of Darkness, then we'll do uh, Serpentor, and then finally Cobra La. <laughs> Cobra la 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 la. <laughs> I'm I'm Burgess Meredith. Obviously, my residual checks from Rocky didn't clear. <laughs> God, you look back at some of the guys that were in those movies. You're like, yeah, you just didn't have it. your checks didn't clear, did they? <laughs> really, Don Johnson? What are you doing voicing GI Joe? Well, I, he was hot, and so they gave him a lot of money. Of course, Judd Nelson was hot. That's why he got Rodimus. Yeah. Then, he, then John Machida. It's like, John John Machida was big, and he kept doing the voice. <laughs> John Machida, between that time, was like, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. I need something other than micro-machines. No one else will pay me. All I can do is really, really talk fast. <laughs> yeah. So you want to do Blur again? <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of figure Robert's you, the, whoever they got to replace Robert Stack as Ultra Magnus did a pretty good job of imitating Robert Stack oh yeah yeah I always hated Ultra Magnus it's like really what's your point oh you're the new Ironhide yeah I hate you <laughs> like Ironhide Ultra Magnus Starscream and Cyclonus were all the same character yeah. They're both the, the boot-licking number one. And I always cracked them up because Prowl just had the most disdain for Ironhide. Whenever he would talk to... Of course, Prowl had disdain for everybody. But 